Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. From the Webby Awards, I'm David Michelle Davies. This is the Webby Podcast. Wow. You guys love websites. Fuck the Pixar games. We won! <laughs> Learn to connect without why? Different strokes for different folks. Hey, welcome back. Open, honest, focused on maximizing enjoyment, OMG Yes is not the sex ed most Americans had in high school. My guests for today's episode, Rob Perkins and Lydia Daniler, created the website to explore a particular taboo topic in our society, women's sexual pleasure, and to teach people how women can have much more of it. Website doesn't even cover it. OMGS is more of an interactive educational experience that uses research, multimedia, and personal stories from women to demystify female sexuality. It won a Webby last year, has attracted a wide following, and most importantly, has brought a lot of joy to thousands and thousands of people. Beyond that, its creators are funding research studies to fill in the gaps surrounding women's pleasure. Needless to say, the website has turned a lot of heads since it launched. Lydia and Rob join me to discuss how they created the site and how the internet can be used to educate others and more. When we looked at the research, we were kind of dumbfounded to see that the specifics of sexual pleasure hadn't been researched in this way before. And, you know, all sorts of things have been researched. We were just talking about how there's, like, some research about if cows have a name, if they produce more milk. Or whether woodpeckers get headaches. <laughs> like there's just so much scientific research about all these topics and yet ways of touching that are pleasurable has never gotten funding. And this is something so essential to just human happiness and relationship health and happiness. So uh, the research came out of a, a real desire and curiosity to see this work done. Interesting. And what was your background before you did this research? So I... I'm a visual artist. I do photography. And in college, I also studied comparative literature, so storytelling. And I was, just before this, working on public health stuff, working on anti-teen smoking stuff for the FDA and um, different marketing things as well. So tell tell our listeners about, if they haven't been to the Webby-winning experience, OMGS, tell, tell everybody a little bit about it. So OMGS is a research-driven website that presents the most prevalent findings around sexual pleasure in a relatable and human form. We have uh, women sharing their stories and their insights on video, and then we also have distilled some of that knowledge into uh, graphs and motion graphics and infographics all about the specifics of pleasure. And our first series uh, focused on external genital touch, and future series will explore the whole gamut of sexuality, um, internal stimulation, pleasure through perimenopause and menopause and postmenopause, um, pleasure after you've gone through some sort of trauma, um, ma male pleasure. Yeah, childbirth, post-childbirth, so all these areas that um, hadn't been studied, they're just sort of gaps in scientific knowledge. We, because of our success, are now funding all these studies. 
and then we're going to turn that into articles for scientists, like journal articles, but also con- like accessible content for people who don't like reading journal articles. Well, I, you know, I think the thing of one of the things about the site and the experience is uh, it's extremely visual, right? And there's probably a lot of information, probably not as there's probably a bunch of information around uh, sex, sex education that's sort of in the written word. It's certainly not based on your research, but there's certainly a lot of text out there. But what you, one of the things you've done in addition to doing all this research what we'll talk about is you've really presented it in a extremely visual and I'm not trying to make a bad pun here, like hands-on way where people really can a good pun. interact with it, right? <laughs> can you right. tell – can you give people a sense? And I'm sure people can go – our listeners can go – look at it, but I'd love if you could even explain sort of in detail um, all the different, you know, all the media that you have and how you thought about that. Yeah. So in in our first um, sort of R&D around how people can connect to this material, we found that oftentimes people learn from their friends and um, try new things when it comes from their own personal experience or from a friend's experience. So we wanted to try to create that energy and um you know, vibe, so to speak. So this is like guys and girls talking to each other about their experiences, not on your site, but this is how people in the past have like shared this information. Yeah. Sort of in the... Behind closed doors. Right. But we wanted to open those doors and create something that was like you talking to a really good friend. And so uh, we found women that felt really comfortable sharing their specific pleasure recipes and could also speak to some of the insights that we found on a national scale and how prevalent those insights are. Them just sharing their own personal experience and then showing on their bodies. Because we also found that so much of this information um, can can stay in this like vague list form. You know, there's top 10 lists for how to have a hot sex life. But when it comes down to nitty gritty, there aren't that many places where you can really see this stuff. So it was important for us to be specific. And in being specific, we're a bit explicit with showing. Right. And then there's also um, an online interactive tutorial element where you can practice on your touch screen uh, for season one. Now that Technology doesn't always apply to other topics, but it really does work for external stimulation. So what that means is there's a photorealistic vulva that you can explore and practice the techniques and actually get feedback along the way from the participants. We've pre-recorded that information. It's not live, but um, you can explore these concepts and it gives you feedback. And that's one of the main things we wanted to convey is these different ways and styles of giving feedback, that's not portrayed anywhere in any media, not in movies, not in porn, not in, you know, how do you, like, if someone's giving you a back scratch, it's really intuitive to say a little higher, a uh, little to the left, a little harder, got it. But when it comes to, you know, touching a clitoris, how do different people give that specific feedback? What language do they use? How do they, different people do it without, you know, hurting people's feelings? And that's what the simulations do is show you all these different ways of different people give feedback and put you on the receiving end of that. Um, and so you, you interviewed over a thousand women to build the body of research for the site, right? What was the, can you tell us about that process? There's a lot of video chats with people to. How do you find a thousand people to, I mean, is it like a Craigslist or mechanical? We started, post kind we of thing? started with Craigslist uh-huh. and now we have a lot of incoming requests because People responded to this topic so well that they want to participate. But in the beginning, we had to kind of explain what we were doing, and it was a little vague, and 
there was a lot of vetting to make sure that people understood as much as possible that they'd be demonstrating what works and, um, you know, showing on their bodies. So in the beginning, we talked to tons of people and certain insights came up again and again. And then uh, we were curious. And you about, have like a standardized questionnaire you're asking them or are you just interviewing them and just trying to first get a sense of what you might even research? What was most useful was asking, you know, what was there any insight that you came across in your life that really changed things for you? Hmm. Um, what are the aha moments? What are things you wish you could go back and tell your younger self? Because that gets people really distilling down the insight as opposed to just this is what I like. Yeah. And for a lot of people, it can be tricky to translate what feels really good into words. Right. And our process evolved over time in getting more and more specific about our questions, also developing a language to sort of figure out, okay, what what are we talking about? Where are we talking about it? How do you do it? And so it, it evolved. Now I think we've gotten pretty good at um, being as specific as we need to be to be helpful. But it took a while to get there. You know, I'm, and I'm sorry to make this analogy or to bring it up, but it, when I first saw the site when it came in through the entries of the Webby Awards, we were like looking at it. And at the time I was watching that show on Showtime, um, Masters of Sex, it was about Bill Masters. And I had the, I remember when I saw it, I thought, I thought, I can't believe that these two doctors 30 or 40 years ago sort of did something not exactly the same, but there's some similarities where they really took on doing research uh, around sex that hadn't really ever been done before. And then all this time had passed, and it was sort of like all over again. It was almost as if I can't believe this hasn't existed on the internet before. Did, did you? Is that? Did you have a similar sort of take on it? Like, are you shocked when you first started doing it that there wasn't all this information already out there? Yeah, I mean, the internet is really good at solving information asymmetry. Like, people want to know how to grow right. corn in a certain kind of field. You Google it, you find it. Whereas, because there isn't a research-based the sort of understanding, shared sort of scientific understanding, it's the Wild West. And people learn from Urban Dictionary and comedians, and Amy Schumer has a great routine about um, sex techniques people have heard of that are mostly, you know, made-up jokes and are often pretty misogynistic. Right. And um, so that seemed like a real opportunity. Like, people are hungry for this information. It's on the cover of every men's and women's magazine. It's like, here's, you know, ways... And so if we made a sort of a reality-based setting the record straight, this is actually what people like and why, we thought, you know, a lot of people would find that valuable. What were sort of the th initial themes that you started uncovering as you were doing the research? Like what was the, the top responses you were getting? Was there some were surprising things or things you hadn't anticipated? I'm sure there was a lot of things you hadn't anticipated. I think the stats are sort of equal on how many people like a more consistent rhythm versus a more surprising rhythm, right? Like, really, women are so varied and unique in what they like, but there are some themes that come up again and again. So something around consistency. Um, it's polarizing, which is interesting. Like, you'll find half the people in the room say, like, you need to keep doing exactly the same thing just before orgasm, and then half the people say, whoa, whoa, whoa. It needs to constantly change or else it gets sort of numb and boring. And so we found that, well, that's a dimension. That should have a name and people should know that that's a way people vary. Right. And then other 
interesting things we discovered is that it doesn't always remain the same throughout the lifespan. You could like something, you know, in your 20s and then in your 40s, it could be completely different or it could deepen and expand. So pleasure is something that evolves and you can basically keep discovering new things if you have an open mind. And in one of the things I think is really unique about OMGS is the use of names to describe different techniques. And to some extent, I think my observation of what you're talking about is that the techniques themselves actually can change a lot. But part of what a huge part of what you've contributed is the ability for there to be language around that discussion. And anybody who uses the site will find quickly that you guys have not created words. The words already exist. You've chosen a bunch of words to really help people talk about different ways of giving pleasure. How did you think about that? To share what you like if you don't have the words for yeah. it. How did you come up with the names? Was it just an iterative process of like how the research subjects use them? Or Yeah, some of it was gleaned from, from talking to so many women, and we'd hear you know a great term and be like, oh, that really encapsulates this idea. Other times it was a huge brainstorm session where, um, you know, the team would come together and, and throw out 20 ideas and then we'd, you know, cross out half of them and sit with them for a bit. So it was a bit of uh, all of those things. And we wanted things that were, we call it like have a comfortable mouth feel, <laughs> like that you'd actually say in bed that isn't clinical and isn't sort of raunchy, uh-huh. um, but just descriptive and accurate. And that's, that's a really fine line. Um, and, and so we wouldn't sort of settle on a word until it was really descriptive. And we even now give some words to people and have them use them in bed and report back like, no, it felt weird or no, we laughed or. Interesting. Yeah. One uh, example would be orbiting. Uh-huh. Um, sort of out of space, like out of this world, an orbit. Um, but something that we heard regularly is that people like kind of like a circling shape, an orbiting shape. But when people would show, it wouldn't be a perfect circle. It wasn't like a quarter. Sometimes it would look like an egg or a racetrack or a circle or, you know, a moon orbit. So I don't remember who came up with orbit, but it just made sense because it's a circling shape, but it's not a perfect circle. It's so interesting that the how important the language ends up being and how important it, like the actual usage of the language in the situation as a way and as a way of teaching about the the technique. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. a fascinating discovery, I think, or at least to me it seemed really fascinating. Yeah. yeah. One thing that's been nice from some user feedback is that people have shared that it's given them more ways to talk about it with their partner. Right. And also if people can be a little bit shy to bring this stuff up can watch it together and then maybe comment on that person's technique and then that can segue into their own dynamic. What's, so tell me about the feedback. What's the feedback been? I mean, obviously, I would on some level, the people who go and sign up, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure they received a lot more pleasure, hopefully, or they gave somebody more pleasure, so that must be positive. But just generally, tell me about how the feedback's been. Yeah, it's just been incredible. Um, a lot of cup watch it together bit by bit, like sort of instead of a Netflix night. Um, a lot of uh, women watch alone and sort of do sort of an exploration journey to figure out other things they didn't know they like and find words for things they like. A lot of men um, are watching and sort of, as a guy, I am completely awed over how nuanced it is. And um, and I think it's 
it's sort of like an amazing Discovery Channel documentary about a really important topic. Um, men tend to want to think they already know everything, whereas women are a lot more likely to, to recommend it to each other. So now more and more women are using it. But we hope that uh, guys would be sort of honest with themselves. You know, you can't know everything about sport. You can't know everything about cooking, you know. there's The more you know, the better it gets. One of the things that's really interesting is you would, when I first looked at the site, the first thing that came to mind is like, this would be a great app actually, right? Because, you know, there's so many great things inside the phone, like the motion sensors and stuff that I'm sure would be really helpful from a, from a user interface perspective. But it's a website and you have a specific mobile version, but there's a reason why it's not an app, isn't there? Yeah, we um, chose to make it a website because that would be one way to get around some censorship of apps that happens. So if it were an app, we probably wouldn't pass uh, the store test because right. it's explicit. And yeah. you couldn't, as you know, there's plenty of apps about really graphic violence. Right. That's okay. Right. But using the word clitoris, just you're out, right. let alone showing a representation. So that's, yeah. we sort of feel like we're still in the Stone Ages a bit. Did you talk to like the people at the Apple Store or the or Google Play or those we didn't people? Bother. No, no it was so it was really clear. And uh -huh. I understand from their perspective they don't want like an internal Supreme Court that delegates like what's okay and what's not. So mm -hmm. it's easier for them to just have a blanket policy. Yeah. But we do think it's gonna look absurd in history book. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting thing, right? That, like you said, on the one hand... It makes sense that maybe they don't want to have pornography or certain types of topics there. And it also makes sense that maybe they don't want to be, as you said, the Supreme Court. But on the other hand, there's this is, you know, this very uh, valuable information that people really want. It's not, you know, that doesn't, uh, you know, take advantage of anybody or any of these things. And somehow it can't, you know, you can't use this great medium of apps to communicate this information because it's just too touchy. Yeah. yeah. Another pun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so was it hard, did it make it was it a challenge then because like I, I you know I think our developers and people who listen listen to our podcast and who make a lot of things on the internet know that when you're trying to do something really specific on a, on a mobile phone an app can be a great thing because there's a coding language that's specifically for it and that language ties directly into the elements that the phone has and so forth was it harder to make it as a as a website did that challenge you or did it make it more difficult it was just a constraint from the beginning so mm -hmm. we just looked at you know canvas and javascript and um and it was what was what's cool about the touchable simulation 
technically the visual side is that um, video is just a flip book of still images and the touchable simulation is just a flip book in multiple directions so if you move something up and to the right it's ready with 24 frames a second uh -huh. with with the actual photographic result of that touch right none of it's sort of simulated with warping we actually yeah i mean do you want to tell the the process well just some of the constraints before we go yeah. there yeah um been a long time coming how long have you been working on it five years wow yeah so you know we would hear some techniques that we wanted to try to represent but would break down in the showing so for example you know if someone likes to be spread a bit before being touched when we started this two finger uh spreading wasn't possible so wasn't possible in like in terms of the technology you were going to use to show that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And why wasn't it possible? Just the universe of frames oh, you need ready if okay. you have two. Got it. Just the way the phone and the touching the, the touching yeah. the, the the touch centers work on the phone and so forth. Well, it's it's not a three D model uh -huh. that you're touching. It's actual photographs right. that you're shuffling through of all the different permutations of how one finger can move things around. Right. Okay. And then also something like pressure. That wasn't possible. Now it's a little more possible, but mm. back then it wasn't possible. Right. So, you know, there were some internal discussions like, how do we do this? Mm. We ended up, you know, being able to represent that through the storytelling part, but it was so frustrating at times to not be able to show everything we wanted to, to show. But that technology keeps evolving and we keep being able to show a little bit more, which is right. cool. So you were going to tell, tell us something about the process. Yeah. It, um, we wanted it to be real. Um, and, and to really make the point that, you know, if you just show line drawings, it it perpetuates the idea that the real thing shouldn't be shown. Mm -hmm. you know, and we're like, these are adults wanting to learn these specifics. It's really nuanced. We're going to show it. It's going to be real, um, which is a big, it's difficult. It's a difficult challenge because skin moves in all sorts of nuanced ways and there's lights and shadows. And yeah, I mean, it's the, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but is the technique of touching different parts of a screen and having different video or different images shown based on that? Is that something that was established and that lots of people do have done before? I'm not that familiar with that. Or is that something you guys kind of had to invent in order to make it work? We kind of had to invent it. You can rotate, you know, a product mm -hmm. on an e-commerce page. But this is more like if you start, you know, on the outer lip and move outward, that only has so much pull. And so you see this nine frames but if you do it a little lower it's a different nine frame so it's all these stored sprites they call them hmm. um, and this wonderful woman Bianca had the steadiest hand but actually moved the skin in these perfect rows of all these different all the participants vulvas and we shot it with a red camera and then manually took out the little toucher we called it which is a small tool so you really are looking at the actual anatomy as it was photographed being touched in that exact way. Right. Well, let's use a red camera. I mean, you guys, that's pretty, you guys went pretty serious. <laughs> we needed really high res frames. And um, we also needed the participants to stay incredibly <laughs> still uh, because if they moved, then we'd have to redo the frame. So there was a lot of redoing. <laughs> Tell about home position. Home, so so the anatomy of a vulva is really unique, and some people have 
larger labia and some people have smaller labia. Whatever labia you have, we had to get to the point where it basically was in the same starting position for each uh, sprite. And so someone would be looking at the screen and like comparing it to the first photo and styling the lips to get them back into home position. And so we had all this <laughs> coded language behind the scenes so that if you were the woman just participating in the project laying there and you hadn't heard, heard home position or all, see all the rows were named grid yeah. or basically it was some geeky behind the scenes <laughs> stuff but it's kind of funny now <laughs> to think about it yeah. and did you have to do that because so that this, you could use the same software the same code for every single different example is that why they you know is just that, to no? get the images to match like if you move a curtain mm. and then let go it needs to return to home position in order to move it again from that origin point. Got it. (laughs) In addition to this incredible project, it also sounds like you have had the, you're like the world record holders for the most amount of discussions around (laughs) pleasure and have found the best language and avoided the most awkward moments ever. (laughs) Well, it's true that <laughs> talking about this became really every day for us. Yeah. So you'd walk into the office and, you know, you'd see 10 screens with giant photos of different women's anatomy and no one would be phased. You know, it was just like totally yeah. everyday stuff. And um, I'd be at some dinner parties and just, you know, start talking about this and there is a little bit of forgetting that for so many people, this isn't like their regular everyday conversation. Right. So, I mean, I'm sure for our listeners here, they probably weren't expecting, you know, quite as revelatory a discussion, <laughs> but I'm sure that, you know, they're used to it at this moment. That hesitation um, and the sort of frog in your throat when someone at a table mentions, you know, labia. Um, I think seventh grade, we're adults. And so I think that that that's going to become more and more normalized. And and a lot of this information that was so hush-hush is going to be out there. And we hope to accelerate that transition. So you have some new research uh, that you just recently published. Can you share some of that with us? Yeah. So um, one of the things we, we find really fascinating is that from, from the study is that um, while only 18% of women – orgasm from penetration on its own, more than four times as many um, orgasm if there's added clitoral stimulation. So that goes up to 72%, I think, 74%. Or how does one even calculate that? So it's self-reported. Um, it's it's nationally representative data, so it's the same kind of companies that do um, polling. Uh, it's through Indiana University and the Kinsey Institute. They actually conduct the research. Um, but most of the stats, in fact, all of the stats that are out there about who orgasms from what come from what's called convenient samples, like a college health program or a sex therapy practice, which isn't a representative population. So this is the first ever nationally representative study on this topic. And and what's exciting about it is it's it's really hopeful. You know, it's that, wow, you know, add, add clitoral stimulation. And it's four times... Good for everyone. Um, and then clitoral stimulation is nuanced, and but now we know there are specific ways it varies, and you can find those ways out and figure out what knobs to, to tweak. Dirty pun. 
X <laughs> that. X that. Sorry, X the unbeatable. Well, um, <laughs> it's it's easy for some people to think that if it's explicit, it's pornographic. Sure. But we believe that we need to be explicit to really show people the specifics and and have them understand what's what's happening. Yeah. So there were certain things that we wanted to try to avoid. We, we didn't want to show gratuitous um, pleasure-making right. so that people would get a rise out of it. We wanted to keep it in the vein of it being uh, friendly and educational and relatable. Which is a new category. I mean, the the idea of a good friend showing you how they like their clitoris touched in a friendly, over-coffee sort of way just doesn't exist. So sort of a new genre, but it really did work in that um, people who say that they aren't expecting nudity and don't know how they'll feel about it get pretty comfortable pretty quick with this content and say, wow, it's so natural and it's so inspiring. And And that's not to say that this stuff isn't sexy. Like we're talking about sex, so there is that component to it, but that wasn't the motivation behind it. It was really more about sharing right. this yeah, information. Yeah. Yeah. Did and did you get what did you? How about? Sound, there's a lot of positive feedback. Did you have? Was there backlash at all? Did you have like crazy weird groups protesting you or anything like that? Not yet, but well, hopefully. That's, that's good. <laughs> yeah, we said if we don't ruffle some feathers, and we're not doing it right. So right. we're not doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it costs money to to sign up, right? Yeah. Um, how how much is it? So it's a one time um, cost, one time fee of thirty nine dollars. Right. It's like buying a book, and you get permanent access. Uh huh. Um, rather than any kind of subscription or recurring thing, it's just a one time cost, and then each body of research costs millions of dollars in um, production and research funding. So did you have hesitancy around charging people for it? Um, no, and we, that's another interesting thing is, is people feel like there's so much dubious information out there for sale about sex that there's a quite understandable skepticism. Right. I was asking because yeah. there is, yeah. And there's so many, you know, the five tips to make it or tickle his pickle. Right. Um, and a lot of that is just purely anecdotal stuff. It's, it's a freelancer paid to come up with some stuff. Witty copy. Yeah. And so we, we understand where that's coming from, the sort of idea of like, wait, but education is free. But we don't say that about books at the bookstore. Like we don't say that about, you know, a biology textbook. We don't say, whoa, that should be free because it's informative. It's just a really attention around all that dubious stuff about sex out there. Yeah. And do you um, what is the what does the money go towards? Is it funding more research? Yeah, so we're we're launched um, many parallel studies. Um, one about pleasure after menopause and during menopause. One about pleasure after or during pregnancy and after childbirth. About FGM, FGC, which is female genital cutting, which is a big big audience that hasn't had pleasure addressed. Um, trans pleasure. Um, pre and post op um, toys, internal stimulation. Just this next season two that's that's coming out this year. There's lots of lots of studies we're now able to fund. Wow! And who who is it? Just the two of you doing all the research? You're working with teams. You're yeah. working at universities. So we have a you big, talked a little bit about the Indiana University Institute, but yeah, we have a big team. Um, we're not PhDs. <laughs> we're, you know, we have a team of researchers and developers and design people and. Film crews. We're, we're partnering with um, 
experts in different realms and having them help design these studies and also identifying gaps of knowledge and looking at those gaps and trying to figure out, okay, well, what can we, what can we add to this conversation? Because it's a dream job for someone who's, who's spent their life caring a lot about how pleasure after menopause is treated, which is ridiculous, by the way. If you look up sex after menopause, it's treated like a disease online, like symptoms and, you know, it's anyway. Um, so those, for those people, this is a dream job and it's, you know, contract positions. And also something that we did here is that some of this type of research can be tricky to find funding for. When you're in academia, there is this taboo around um, looking at some of these topics that's like a hangover from, you know, previous generations. So one thing that's nice about our model is that it's it's allowing uh, more well-funded studies to occur. Hmm. That's great. And is there something, is there, are you going to cover men soon? Yeah, not soon, just because each one, ta- academic research moves really slowly. But yeah, we're absolutely intending to cover male pleasure too. Uh, so you entered the weird category for the Webbies. You know, and I, I touched on this at the beginning. Um, we had this whole discussion because some people, everybody really loved uh, the work and was just like so f- floored by it, really. Um, there were some people like in the judging group and uh, who administrate the judging that were worried that by having it in weird that somehow we were going to be uh, casting it as weird and bad, that there was a negative connotation to that. Um, but, you know, we I don't know if you read the definition, but uh, we always – part of the reason we love that category is because the idea of it is to really try and recognize new ideas and new thoughts that are like perceived as weird to the world but really can like – change the way people think. And so when I saw it, I was like, no, this is the perfect category. But it was a little controversial at our office. Mm. Um, but did but you guys entered it in the weird category. So you must have sort of been on board with that or was it had you how did that come about? Well reading the definition, it, it definitely uh, speaks to our mission, changing yeah. the way that people think about this. But it's true that did just you, the yeah, word you, weird is a yeah, little were bit you funny. like, oh I don't know if we want to call it weird. No, we, yeah. we embrace embrace the weird. Yeah. And was it Berkeley is like, stay weird, right? right? There's a festival, or is it the Howard Street? No, we went <laughs> Nick's Berkeley. Nick's Berkeley. Nick's. <laughs> <laughs> What's like the five ten year plan for OMGS? Is there a five ten year plan? So to come out with more seasons that address the topics that we mentioned, and uh, to just move the needle on this stuff being accessible and easy to talk about. And encouraging people to just keep exploring and discovering things about pleasure because there's so much to discover and it shouldn't be behind, you know, closed doors. Yeah. Have you thought about like other mediums for telling these stories, if you will, or sharing this information? Like what about VR? Have you Is that something uh, you think about? The, the web is pretty perfect in mm-hmm. that it's um, – we're translated into 10 languages and we're big in other countries and we don't want to make something for – for a small group of people who bought the latest gadget. What really resonates with people is the information, the video and and motion graphic, infographic-y stuff. So I don't think the future of us is creating hyper-realistic simulations as much right. as um, making light bulbs go on in people's head about like, oh, I get that now. Rob Perkins, Lydia Daniller, thank you so much for joining us on the Webby Podcast. Congratulations on the Webby. Thanks for uh, you. I can't wait to see what kind of work you have in store for us in the future. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. You.
I'd like to thank Rob and Lydia for sitting down and talking with us, and I highly recommend OMGS. It's a thoughtful, empowering, and important work that everyone can benefit from. Our producer is Sebastian Aday. Our editorial director is Nicole Ferraro. Research and writing by Michael Charbonneau and Jordana Jarrett. Music is Poddington Bear. Claire Graves is the extra battery in your keynote clicker. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.